house of the Lord here at Mechanicsville Baptist. Remember, we have visitor uh, form in the back of your bulletins. If you're a first-time guest, you're joining us today, fill that out and put it in the bulletin. Put it in the offering plate as it comes by. On the other side are prayer requests. If you have any prayer requests, we'd love to pray with you this week at church. So write those down and put it in the offering plate as well. We have a few announcements. Seems to be a busy day with the uh, Family Life Center potluck and Martha Loving's retirement lunch following this service over in the Family Life Center. So we hope we, that you join us afterwards. I think that starts right at noon. So just make your way over there after church and we'll have a good time together as we rededicate the Family Life Center today in the service and then join in the meal following. We also wanted to make mention of the cantata. The cantata is next Sunday night, 7 p.m., right here in the sanctuary. So hope you can join us for that, 7 o'clock next Sunday. And then I wanted to make mention the youth luau fundraiser dinner that many of you went to. Uh, thank you again. It was a wonderful night. We thank you for your support. We wanted to make mention that it looks like after expenses, we will raise about $3,000 or so towards the youth mission trip and the youth camp and all. So such a blessing. Thank you for that. Very successful. And we know that kingdom things will go towards those, those, those dollars. So thank you very much. Wednesday night dinner is subs, by the way, this Wednesday. All right. Let me bring up Chuck, and he wants to make an announcement about Stop Hunger Now, right? Morning. Psalms 118 tells us that this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoicing, being happy, not coming in like we're treating this as just another day. Today we're celebrating um, the dedication of the FLC back to the Lord. He blessed us and gave us that building to use. On June 4th, we want to take advantage of that opportunity with Stop Hunger Now. We need all folks to come out, not just Members of our church, invite your friends, invite your family members, invite your children. Let's all come out on June the 4th and be a blessing to someone that we have never even made before. We've never, never even met before. Let our lives come together, enjoy our fellowship, and let's pack some lunches and some dinners for some folks who are in need. This is a way of us taking that building that God has given to us, expressing ourselves through packing up food and giving it to those who are in need. Again, we need all family members, all friends, all neighbors. Invite them all out that we all can assemble ourselves over there and enjoy ourselves in the name of the Lord and impact someone else's life. Thank you, and have a good day. Thank you, Chuck. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 14, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, and that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you today as your people who are grateful to be in your house. And God, we come into this place to be in your presence, Jesus, that we might know your joy, that your joy might be in us, 
and that your spirit might dwell richly in our hearts. May we, as your people, uh, bring you praise. May you be pleased with our service, and may you be glorified in a great way. In Jesus' name, amen.
We're so glad you're here this morning. There's so, so many things to praise the Lord about this morning. And we are going to uh, sing together hymn number 248, but you're going to need your hymnal and your bulletin this morning for us to sing this hymn together. 248, we're going to sing just the first stanza of God our Father, we adore thee. And then if you look on the left side of your bulletin, you will find the words to two more stanzas to the same tune, but words that I believe fit our scripture really well this morning. Would you stand as we sing together, 248. When Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples on the night of his betrayal, on the eve of his crucifixion, one of the things that he intended for his disciples to do was to remember him. And so we come at this time to remember our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Memories make a difference. Memories keep us in touch with the past, but also help us proceed into the future. 
we come today to remember. To remember the opportunities we've had through the years to worship in the Family Life Center, to fellowship with one another. It stands as a reminder to us of many events in our lives. Good times and bad times. And yet we come here recognizing the importance of memories. Jesus gave his body and his blood for us so that we could have salvation through him. And he instituted the Lord's Supper as a way to remember. And so on the same night in which our Lord was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had blessed it and broken it, he gave it to his disciples and said, For as often as you eat this, remember me. After they had digested the meaning of the bread, he took the cup and said, This is the new covenant in my blood, for as often as you drink it, remember me. Paul records for us, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. We read in 1 Corinthians 3.11, No one can lay down any foundation other than Jesus Christ. Jesus is the foundation of our faith, of our church. And so would you stand and sing with me? This morning, hymn number 350, The Church's One Foundation.
morning, everyone. Do me a favor, if you would, please. Be seated. We come here today, folks, because we not only are committing ourselves by our tithes and our offerings to the Lord, but we're also in dedication of this building and this establishment. There have been a lot of people who have given their time and their effort to be able to make this place a wonderful place, and I know that the Lord is looking down with us with praise. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the time that you give us to be able to spend together and to be a church. Our praise is always with you, as along with the grace that you give us and the reassurance that as long as you're here, the world is the best place that it can ever be. Take these offerings and these tithes that we are giving to you, and please use them to the betterment of the kingdom. In Christ's holy name we pray these things. Amen.
we come to this time in our service where we recommit our Family Life Center to the service of our Lord. Many people put in many hours of their time in order to see this refurbishing of the Family Life Center come to pass. I mentioned no one in particular in my article last week, but I want to single out one who was in the first service, Cotton Sizemore. Cotton worked tirelessly for over three years to coordinate the efforts related to uh, the Family Life Center and uh, the roofing project, all of the contractors that had to come together to do the various elements of this project so that we could have what we have today secured for the future. And so as a church family, I am grateful to him as his pastor. I am grateful for him for being the go-between, the interpreter many times to the congregation of what was going on. Uh, He spent a great deal of time with the various teams who were um, working on the project. He was the one in the business meeting who attempted to explain it to us from time to time as things were going on. So we owe him a tremendous debt of gratitude for the many volunteer hours that he put in to see this facility uh, to its completion. So I want to give him a round of applause. Even though he's not in this service, he was in the earlier service. We come to the time of the litany of dedication, and I'll ask Brenda if she'll come and read uh, the responsive part with the congregation. And you can see it's in your bulletin. Printed in green. In recognition of the Great Commission, which bids us go make disciples, baptize, teach, and in harmony with the message which reads that Jesus advanced in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and all people, we come to this moment of dedication praying that blessings and overflowing abundance may prevail in the hearts of all who have made this happy moment possible to the sowing of the good seed of the kingdom in the hearts of all people, young and old. We dedicate our Family Life Center to the ministry of teaching, to the purpose of developing a school where the Holy Scriptures may be read, interpreted, and known. We dedicate our Family Life Center for the spiritual enrichment of life as it unfolds through childhood. We dedicate our Family Life Center for the nurture of youth and the enrichment of the home. We dedicate our Family Life Center to provide an appointed place where the souls of all people may quest for the good, the beautiful, and the true. We dedicate our Family Life Center to make accessible an atmosphere where the art of worship may be rehearsed and learned. We dedicate our Family Life Center for the training of life in the Christian way that character may reflect the life of the Master. We dedicate our Family Life Center to maintain a school of intelligent faith wherein we may learn to give a reason for the faith that is in us. We dedicate our Family Life Center for the enrichment of social and recreational life through fellowship and those who share in the mind of Christ. We dedicate our Family Life Center. We now, the people of this church and congregation, compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses, Remembering the sacrifices of the fathers upon whose foundations we are building, dedicate ourselves anew 
to the teaching of the word of God in both precept and example. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Amen. Shall we pray? Gracious and eternal God, creator and giver of every good and perfect gift, into your presence we bow on this day that you've given to us to remember and to celebrate and to look forward to the future. We are grateful, Father, for those who gave of their time and of their abilities and of their finances to see this project come to completion. We are grateful, Father, that as we assemble in this place today, we do so with the full assurance that you have shown us by our faith what can be possible. We are grateful, Father, for the power of your love and for the hope that comes in knowing Jesus Christ our Lord, for the strength of commitment to the future, for recognizing, Father, that as we give thanks and rededicate the Family Life Center to you, that it already has been at work for well over 30 years. We pray, Father, that what occurs in the future may surpass what has occurred in the past as we seek to share the gospel story with all those who would come. We're grateful, Father, that these buildings here stand for you. They stand for your word and for your truth. And help us, Father, always to remember that as we come here, there is a higher purpose at hand. We're thankful that we can assemble today to worship, to work, and to witness. We're thankful, Father, that we can celebrate life itself because indeed it is a gift from you. Help us always, Father, to purposefully look to you and recognize that every purpose for this place is to glorify you and to draw people to you. We pray, Father, that as we rededicate, that you will accept these buildings as an offering anew from us So that the work of the gospel might prosper in the community of Mechanicsville and even around the world. Grant to us, Father, a greater understanding of your love for us in Jesus Christ as we seek to share that love with the world. For we make this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. You need to be reminded that we have a debt that we incurred on the building of $125,000. $125,000 debt on a project that almost reached $400,000 is good. Uh, We were able to raise a great deal of money. We had money on hand. But we are counting on you, on one another, to uh, retire this debt in the future. Uh, And so I hope that you will prayerfully consider continuing to give to the roof fund, to the Family Life Center uh, refurbishing fund, so that we can retire this debt. 
uh, we, out of the generosity of one of our members, we were able to um, borrow this money at a rate of 2%. And so we feel blessed with that as well. But we certainly want to always keep before us that we have this debt to retire in order to um, be debt-free on this facility. It was an investment of money that was well spent because the facility is used on a daily basis to draw people closer to the Lord. So we have come to celebrate.
I asked Becky when was the last funeral she sung that because I heard her rehearsing and she said it was Raymond Ray's. We agreed that it was Raymond. But before she said that, she said, oh, about 6,000 funerals I have uh, sung that uh, for. But we're always grateful when Becky shares with us on Sunday morning. Thank you all for your birthday wishes uh, and cards and Facebook messages and all that. Uh, I'm a year older than I was last Sunday when I was here. Eight years older than when I came to you. So uh, I was a child of 46 and now I'm 54. And people like to remind me that my hair is turning. And I said, that's not my age, that's the people I deal with. I'm just kidding. Our scripture lesson this morning is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 11 through 16, after the dedication of the temple and the answering of the prayer of Solomon. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house, and Solomon successfully accomplished all that came into his heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin And heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Susan went to her grandfather while he was shaving and said, Granddaddy, what is salivate? When he thought he understood what she was saying, he said, Why do you ask? Oh, I just need to know, she said. He said, well, I guess to salivate is to slobber like a horse. Now tell me why you ask. She said, well, Mommy said we were coming down here to salivate your birthday. (laughs) We have gathered today for a celebration and perhaps some salivation after the service. I believe the New Testament churches celebrated more than most of our churches do now. Even though they did not have beautiful buildings to celebrate and dedicate as we do today. This is both a celebration and a dedication because we could not possibly come together today without celebrating. We have a beautiful refurbished building. Well appointed and very functional. We have been looking forward to this time of rededication and to refrain our emotions would be the wrong thing to do. It is a time of dedication, of rededication, because we very much desire to commit all of this to the Lord's use. Let's begin by asking a question. It is not a new question. It is a question that was discussed even before the Family Life Center was built so many years ago. This is the question. Why was this building built? 
If I were to give you opportunity, I would hear a hundred voices answering in harmony and you would be very convincing. You would be convincing because you are convinced. But there are some other questions we must ask first. Why do you have this church? Why do you have, and this is dangerous, a pastor? Why do you have a Sunday school? Why do you have a choir and a praise team? Why do you have a church staff with all of the organizations in the life of the church? Why do you have prayer meetings? Why is it that you go out and invite people to come to church? Do you know you can answer every one of these questions with one word? People. God so loved people that he gave Jesus. Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. He had people in mind when he said, I will build my church. People made in the image of God and just a little less than divine explain the whole purpose of the church, its organization, leadership, buildings, programs, and all the rest. These buildings are a place for people to worship, to enjoy together the community and fellowship of a New Testament church. We are using this building today for worship. Earlier today, the Family Life Center was used for worship. We enjoy the community and fellowship of the New Testament church. We use it to study God's word and to train people in Christian service. We use it to share together our joys, our sorrows, our burdens, and our prayers. It stands as a beacon in our community, as a place to encounter God. Here we confess our sins and worship God. Here we grow in the grace and knowledge of the Savior as we pray together, play together, and worship together. This building is for people. Dedication means to set something apart for some special use. There are many dedications and celebrations recorded in the Word of God. As I thought of this rededication, One passage seemed to emerge above all others. It is the most familiar building dedication in the Bible and probably one of the most exciting moments recorded in biblical history. You cannot read about the building and dedication of the temple without excitement. It is the most extraordinary building you have ever read about and was erected under the most extraordinary conditions. We read this celebration in 2 Chronicles 6 and 7 and in 1 Kings 8 and 9. Let's pull back the curtain and look on this happy dedication celebration. If my people who are called by my name, or literally, if my people will humble themselves, they upon whom my name has been called. Two basic concepts are for us here. First, Israel belonged to God. His name had been called upon them. Second, they must acknowledge this and submit to God's authority and pray and seek my face. Not only are they to pray to God, but they are not to settle for less than being admitted into His presence. They must see God. Turn from their wicked ways. God will not hear prayers unaccompanied by true repentance. 
As we studied the book of Malachi, we saw that theme over and over and over again. You must repent before you can come to God. You must repent before God can answer your prayers. And so we look at the dedication of the temple and then God's answer to that dedication in these verses that we read a moment ago. First, we see that it was a time of prayer. Solomon prayed one of the great prayers of the Bible at the dedication of the temple. If Solomon, the wisest of men, had always acted as wisely as he did at the time he prayed that prayer, he would have lived and died a much happier man having made a far greater contribution to the world, had he only listened to God. Here we see the king, the wisest and wealthiest of men, the leader of the most prominent nation of the earth, getting down on his knees in prayer to God and calling himself a servant. The king humbling himself before God. We are humbled by what God can do If we are faithful. I'm always humbled at what God can do. You see so many times we want to see our faith. And God says give me your faith. And I will show you what you need to see. Solomon praised God. If the people of this church were to allow this day to pass by by without being lifted to a high moment of ecstasy, praise and worship for what God can do, our lives would be forever poor. Any day is a good day to worship and praise God, but he gives us these extra special times when the fountains can be opened wide and we can bathe in the beauty and freshness of his grace. Even as we recognize the talents and crafts that were involved in securing this building for the future, we are recognizing that God gives gifts to people. And all of them can be used to His glory and to the building of His church. Every participant on every team, as well as every worker, allowed his or her brains to become God's brains and his or her hands to become God's hands as they formed what needed to be done. For the future. Solomon's prayer was a prayer of intercession. If this building is for people. Then this day is a time. And this building is a place in which to pray to God on behalf of his people. It is a time of intercession for those who have contributed to this day. It is a time of prayer for those of this community. To whom this church shall reach out in the future. This church is a place of intercessory prayer. One of the most important ministries among us is to pray for one another. To pray that God's will be done in the lives of His people. It also was not only a time of prayer. It was an occasion of answered prayer. God answered the Israelites by letting them know He was aware of them. His eyes were upon them and his ears were attentive to them. I admit I would be a little scared of the awareness that the eyes of God are on me if it were not for the fact that I know he understands me. And in spite of all my failures, sins and blunders, he loves and desires to bless me. I assure you, if you are praying today that God is in the process of answering. 
This truth is almost beyond our ability to comprehend. The God of glory stands ready to answer every prayer that goes up from my heart or mind in this building. But there is an even greater word. It was a time of promised forgiveness. If my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. God is addressing His people. And I assure you, He is addressing us today. He is not promising blessings on the basis of the way someone else acts, but on the way His own people act. If my people will humble themselves. God didn't promise to bless Israel on the basis of the response of the Amorites, Hittites, Jebusites, or Canaanites. He promised to answer their prayers and bless them on the basis of their own humility and confession. And He does the same for us. But we have to own it. Naturally, I would rather confess another person's sins. A deacon suggested one time to the pastor that he preach more on sin. That's not me that was requested this. Let me be clear. The pastor was surprised by the deacon's request. He thought he was preaching the Bible. And you really can't preach the Bible without preaching about sin. You know the old joke. What was the sermon on? If you don't know, just say it was on sin and the preacher was against it. And you're covered. The pastor said, I'm not making excuses, but I thought I had been preaching on sin all along. He had just finished preaching a sermon on the Sermon on the Mount. He had preached on covetousness, selfishness, gossiping, hypocrisy, and the numerous other sins mentioned in the Sermon on the Mount. The deacon said, that's not what I'm talking about. The pastor said, okay, what are you talking about? He said, I wish you would preach more often on drinking, adultery, and gambling. The preacher responded by saying, you want me to preach on other people's sins, don't you? You know, he continued, when I look out over our congregation, I don't think I saw over two or three drunks in the crowd. I do not believe there were more than a half dozen people who had been overtly guilty of adultery during the past week. And I do not believe gambling is really an issue with our people. However, I do see people who have gossiped about their neighbors, criticized their fellow church members, and reacted with jealousy and envy. I saw some kids who had cheated on school tests and some parents who had cheated on their income tax. I just figure I ought to preach about the sins of which we are guilty rather than those of people who never know what I preach about. We would prefer not to confess our sins. But if I can come close enough to God, feel His presence warmly enough and His love deeply enough, I will begin to confess my sins and feel the presence and the power of His Spirit as He forgives me. This place can bring us closer to God. Today can be one of the greatest days of our lives. Not only because of the joy we feel in celebrating our triumphs and God's blessings, but also because His Spirit can come to cleanse and fill us anew. As we rededicate this building, we should be interested also in rededicating ourselves to the service of the Lord. 
this building has provided so much to so many through the years, but it all comes as a result of the people working in the building. The lives that have been transformed and touched in this building will never, ever be truly known this side of eternity. I go places and tell people that I'm the pastor of Mechanicsville Baptist Church in passing in conversations and say, oh, I know where that is. They have that family life center there or whatever they want to call it. And they say, when I was a child, I was in child care there. And I remember so-and-so and such-and-such. And then you have others who are so touched by those times in their lives when they have lost a loved one. And people come and they bring food and they provide comfort to families who are in need. It makes a difference. People write back in. People send money out of appreciation for the opportunity that was given to them to come together in this place and grieve. There's something comforting about that, isn't it? When I drive by here when this place is empty, there's something comforting about knowing that it's here. That it's a place that I can come to and encounter God. Yesterday you got some robocalls, I know. Uh, Forgive me. Uh, I recorded that three or four weeks ago. I didn't know when they were going to do it. I'm down here finishing up my sermon, or I'd finished it. I was going over it, and uh, all of a sudden the phone starts ringing back in, and people say to me, did you call... I said, no, I didn't. And, I, you know, I'm very aware that it was April Fool's Day. <laughs> and one call came. Because it's my birthday. That's right. One call came. Two calls came. Three. And finally, Linda Dickerson. Where are you, Linda? Linda. She said, did you call? I said, no, Linda. And I'm a little bit perplexed. I don't know that I used those exact words. But you could tell I was perplexed. She said, well, a phone call came in, and it's from the church. And I said, well, I'm going to have to get up from my chair and go figure out who else is here making these calls because it's not me, but it's my voice. So Linda called me back. She said, I know what's going on. I said, oh, thank you, Linda. I was going crazy wondering what was happening. But you see, when I think about that, that's just one more way that you could be touched on a Saturday by the church. The church has a place in our lives. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ made sure of that. He saw it as a place of forgiveness, of hope, of reassurance of trust, of all of those fruits of the Spirit that make a difference in people's lives. Years after her concentration camp experiences in Nazi Germany, Corrie ten Boom met face-to-face one of the most cruel and heartless German guards that she'd ever contacted. He had humiliated and degraded her and her sister. He had jeered and visually raped them as they stood in the lousing shower. Now he stood before her with hand outstretched and said, Will you forgive me? She writes, 
I stood there with a coldness clutching at my heart. But I know that the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. I prayed. Jesus, help me. Woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me and I experienced an incredible thing. The current started in my shoulder, raced down into my arms and sprang into our clutched hands. Then this warm reconciliation seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried with my whole heart. For a long moment we grasped each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner. I have never known the love of God as intensely as I did in that moment. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover the prisoner was you. On what basis does God forgive us? On the basis of our humility. If we humble ourselves, pray, seek His face and turn from our wicked ways, He will hear from heaven and forgive our sin. He is asking us to surrender to Him. And as we celebrate, salivate, and rededicate. Don't you like that? We do so to the glory of God because through Him all blessings flow. Through Him lives are set free, transformed, and touched. And I'm glad that each of us have the opportunity to take part and be a part of that. Shall we pray? Oh Lord, we are grateful for your servant Solomon. For he has shown us the importance of prayer. The importance of commitment importance of surrender as we remember what this building has meant to us in the past we look forward to what it can mean in the future as lives are transformed and touched in the name of Jesus we pray amen Our hymn of invitation is number 275, I Surrender All. We do surrender what is here to the Lord so that it can be used for His glory as we reach people. Will you stand as we sing?
we have listed in the bulletin special recognition, and that special recognition is for Martha Loving, who after 11 years uh, is retiring and uh, moving out to other pastures, for lack of a better way, I guess, to say it. We are grateful for the service that Martha has rendered to us as our financial administrative assistant through these last 11 years, and we will miss her greatly. Her last day with us is April the 19th, but we're celebrating today her retirement. And I will have more to say about that after you get your food and you've had opportunity to eat. Don't leave because we're going to do some things for Martha and make some presentations to her over there. And so I wanted to make you aware of that. Martha, wave so that people can... Most of you know Martha, don't you? Um, After we have the benediction and the blessing, or before that, I'm going to ask Martha if you and your guest would go and make your way so that you could eat first so that we can roast you after you've eaten. Uh, uh, we're not going to do that. But uh, it was just perfect wording there, didn't you think? So uh, before, just before we pray, if you would make your way with your guest uh, so that you could be in the front of the line. This is Benevolent Sunday, so deacons will be at the doors to receive your benevolence offering. That will go to help people in Mechanicsville who have uh, needs. Um, there was something else I needed to tell you, but I can't remember what it was. Maybe if I remember it, I'll tell you over there what did anybody help. I, I guess I got to cover. Next week, Dwight is your preacher as I go and recover from my mental lapses here. Um, but Dwight will be preaching next Sunday for Palm Sunday, and then we'll be together again on uh, Easter Sunday. Um, but, oh, I know, I knew it would come to me. You know, it's like, I'll tell you this, you're going to eat here so you can. I've told you this before, what uh, Herschel Hobbes said. Herschel Hobbes wrote the church commentary for a long time for Sunday school, but he also was longtime pastor in Oklahoma. And he said one time that he never used a note to preach. And somebody asked him one time, well, what do you do when you forget? He said, I just keep preaching till I remember. And the older I get, the longer my sermons are. So, see, that's what you run into. I know about the robocall that I mentioned there. There will be nobody to sign you up after the service today because Barbara Jackson is doing that and Barbara is working in the kitchen. Next Sunday, they will start doing those sign-ups, okay? So don't worry. You will get signed up in plenty of time. But next Sunday and then the following three Sundays will be times to sign up if you haven't signed up online. So just wanted to make you aware of that. That call went out, as you heard, unawares to me and I didn't know exactly when it was going to go out and we kind of knew we'd have a little confusion trying to do that today so next Sunday is the day to sign up to begin signing up for the church directory if you uh, don't have your picture made you don't get a directory that's not punitive that's just the rule that they've said okay so um, they send enough for everybody who's pictured to get one everybody family to get one let me be clear let's bow for a benediction and blessing Martha will you Give you a moment to get ahead of the game. Steve Smith knows what it's like to be retired. Steve is the retired pastor at Colossi Baptist Church where Martha goes. and His wife is with him today. And just like all preachers, he found a way, didn't he, to get to the front of the line. <laughs> See, I can pick on preachers because I'm picked on all the time for that. Let's bow for a benediction and blessing. Gracious Lord, as we leave...